Buckle up, you are about to enter the Draws Cast podcast. Your host, author, and motivational speaker, Jeff Drozowski, will transport you through the world of motivation and leadership, always keeping an eye on having some fun, too. Sometimes with a guest, other times just Jeff. Either way, you will leave better equipped to succeed than when you came in. Here he is, the Draws, Jeff Drozowski. Okay, thank you, everybody out there, Jeff Drozdowski author, motivational speaker, trainer, coach, video blogger, and podcaster. Welcome back to the Drawscast podcast. Uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, we are going to be much more guest-driven uh, going into 2020, and we have done just that. Uh, I have my guest ready and waiting here, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and get into it. Um, I will read a short bio about uh, my friend Mary Fane Brandt, and then we are going to talk about all the wonderful things she does on LinkedIn and online summits and all these wonderful things that she does. So, on we go. Mary Fane Brandt is the CEO and founder of the LinkedIn Bakery and Mary Fane Brandt Coaching and Consulting. She is an international LinkedIn trainer and strategist who works with savvy businesswomen who want to stand out as experts in their industry and get more clients using LinkedIn. Having worked with over 300 plus clients worldwide, hosting the multi-platform live show, Bite Size Tips for Busy Entrepreneurs, as well as creating a multitude of online courses has equipped Mary with the knowledge and understanding of what it takes to create successful summits. In 2019, Mary started producing LinkedIn Live Summits for other experts, allowing them to focus on what they do best, be a host and expert in their field. She brings in thought leaders from around the world and various industries to provide the latest trends and hot tips for a variety of attendees and target markets. Known for her fun and informative style, she is an energetic producer, workshop facilitator, and speaker who creates engaging learning environments for attendees with actionable tips that they can implement immediately. Mary Fane Brandt, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Jeff. I love the name of your podcast. It oh, really stands you. out. I, I like that. Uh, good branding there. And thanks for reading my bio. Man, I, I sound like a rock star. I didn't know <laughs> I did all that. <laughs> it adds up over time, doesn't it? It does. We actually just rewrote the bio last month because we okay. had a lot more to add to it with these online summits, you know, live, LinkedIn Live as such. Um, it's still in beta test, but it's such um, a great tool to have. And because I'm a beta tester, early access, um, it's been wonderful to play around with that and see how we can produce these online summits that bring a multitude of talent, right, onto yeah. one platform where everybody can watch it and it's free. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned uh, uh, LinkedIn uh, live is in beta. And uh, I think that they're getting to know me on a first name basis there because I have been bugging them relentlessly about uh, getting me up uh, on LinkedIn live because, uh, as you know, and I have been discovering, especially over the last six months, that's kind of the place to be right now, especially if you want to push Well, the cool kids are hanging out, I tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's in beta, and so it will take time for it to roll out. Um, I know, well, a few months ago, like other countries didn't have it yet. Um, 
So it's still rolling out everywhere, but you just have to keep reapplying. Plus, um, one pro tip is to make sure, do you have videos up on LinkedIn? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So it's really important that you have current relevant uh, videos up on LinkedIn and just don't give up. They're, you know, they're going to eventually give access to you. Um, also, are you very active on LinkedIn? Because they want people who are active on LinkedIn, people who are doing video, people who, when I say active, that doesn't mean that you just have a profile and you like other people's mm -hmm. posts, that you're engaging. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I make it a point. Uh, that's one of my go-to uh, social media sites where I drop um, videos, sometimes exclusive to LinkedIn. And then uh, sometimes it's just a connection to my YouTube channel. So, um, but yeah, so, it, and it's built up uh, quite a following over a short period of time, relatively short period of time, but, but definitely is the place to go. Uh, like you said, that's where all the cool kids are right now. That's where all the cool kids are hanging out. Yeah. So this is exciting. Uh, just so uh, the listeners have an idea of uh, where we're at, I'm in Michigan and Mary is in San Diego, California. So she has uh, stepped up to the plate and got up very early Pacific time uh, to talk to you listeners of the Draws cast out there. So uh, let's just go ahead and get into it, Mary. Uh, it sounds like you've got so much information to share and it's so exciting, uh, you know, for me to give you the opportunity to do this to my listeners out there. So um, as we talked about in show prep, I kind of like to start from the beginning and kind of build up from there. So I know you're in California now. Did you grow up in California? I did. I was actually born in the Valley. So my birthright is I'm a Valley girl. So I can say things like, like all the time. So that's my joke as I was born in the San Fernando Valley and we moved to San Diego when I was four. And I, I've lived in California. I lived in Apple Valley um, uh, with my father for a few years, but I came back to San Diego. I've been here forever. I love San Diego. The only thing I don't like is the blue sky tax that we pay or the sunshine tax as we call it because the weather here is darn near perfect um but it has everything here so it's it's a beautiful city if you haven't been here i i encourage anyone to come and visit it yes and speaking from somebody who's been there several times it is uh, a unique part of the country and uh many people uh, are jealous of all the things really that san diego uh, has to offer besides the near perfect weather year round. <laughs> yeah, there's so much to do here. Like you're never bored and there's never a weekend or a week where you're like, wow, there's nothing to do. I'm bored. There is always some kind of festival, some kind of art show, some kind of premiere, a new restaurant opening. I mean, we live in a nice little area, University Heights, where we can walk to restaurants and bars and grocery stores and we just love it. Nice. And of course, there's Old Town there as well. And There's that's where old all the town, the mountains. I mean, we just went hiking last Saturday. So, you know, it was a 20 minute drive and then we hiked what was called Black Mountain. So my friends and I, we try to hike a couple times a month and within an hour we can be up in the mountains and do a really great hike, you know, and, and be like up in Julian and then stop in for some mom's apple pie after that hike because then we've earned it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm jealous. So, uh, so you moved to San Diego when you were four yes. and uh, all of your schooling was in San Diego area? 
all my schooling, San Diego, um, my education is a little different. You know, I moved around. My parents got divorced. So I went to three different high schools, I think it was. Mm. Um, and then, you know, got back here to San Diego and um, divorced family. So I was working from the time I was 16 so I could buy clothes and save money for a car. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't go back um, to school. Like I tried going to community college here and it just wasn't working. And finally I, I buckled down and I went more like in my thirties and then I transferred and I went to Chapman University, which is a great university, but they had a satellite campus for um, working adults here in San Diego. And so I went to that and that's where I got my, my bachelor's and my master's degree in organizational leadership. Nice. So it wasn't uh, the traditional, uh, you, you went to school from 18 to 21, no. 22. Yeah. And you know I what? Got my, no, I got my master's. I think I was like right around 40 when I walked with a master's. And I was like, the one thing I have to say is that I went back to school. I chose what I wanted to study. I'd mm -hmm. gone through life a little bit, right? Um, and so I... I I put myself through school. It means a lot to me. I didn't have parents and there's nothing wrong with parents paying for their kids going to college. Nothing wrong with that. But I struggled. I sacrificed weekends of going out. My lunch hours while I was working, lunch hour was writing a paper or reading a book. You know, um, I was working full time and staying up till 11 o'clock midnight doing my homework because I'm that straight A student, you know. Um, so I really I value my my education. And I, I have a saying that, you know, get your education. It's the one thing nobody can take away from you. Like you might get fired from a job, a relationship might end, but you know what? Your education, you earn that and no one can ever take that away from you. Totally agree. And I have a little bit of a different story. I'm uh, a, very fortunate though, because I was the first person in my family and my my lineage moved here around the turn of the uh, 20th century. And I was the first person and from there forward to go to college, uh, let alone, you know, going away to school. Uh, and that was really because of sports. Um, I was good at playing baseball. So uh, nice. I was able to get it. Yeah, I was able to get a, a scholarship to a Central Michigan University. Now, small story in connection with San Diego, uh, I did get recruited by San Diego State. And uh, I had a chance to go to San Diego State um, as a young man. As it turns out, it was probably a good decision that I didn't do it because I tell people two things would have happened. Either I would have ended up on the beach <laughs> <laughs> or I would have flunked out and been home in six months anyway. So, uh, well, uh, SDSU is my husband's alma mater and my sister's. So go Aztecs because they're kicking butt right now. Yes, they did. And another connection that we have, Mary, is I don't know how much you follow football, but uh, in a bowl game here recently, San Diego State played Central Michigan. Oh, and my husband I, probably was watching that. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> San Diego State won, so go Aztecs. <laughs> uh, they have uh, they have good athletes out there. So, all right. So, uh, so your education you gave me a nice background about that. And where were some of your first uh, jobs? Now you said you you probably growing up. When did you uh, first get into a field where you could say, hey, you know? 
professional uh, lane that I'm going to go through. Um, so I, I want to say that I did not have a career strategy. Um, I'm an executive assistant by experience. That's okay. I've been an office manager, and here's what I've learned. I, I'm not a good manager. Like, I'm a project manager, right? You have to – one of the things is you have to understand what your strengths are, and you – more than that, you need to understand what you're not good at. I'm good at leading people. I'm good at uh, – I'm more of that visionary, getting people excited. Let's do this project. But I'm not good at that day-to-day managing um, because I am a visionary. (laughs) That's part of the problem. Like I get distracted and I want to go work on a new project. So I was an office manager and that's when I started going back to community college. I decided I needed to get more. I wanted to get my degree. And then it was through working at um, a couple of private schools why I was getting my, my master's degree in the OL. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm bored. Right. I wasn't, when you're bored at work, you don't put forth your best effort. Right. So I was kind of checking out before I even left the school and then a series of life events happens. And I think this, some of your listeners might be able to relate. My mom, um, she got ill right? And it's just me here in San Diego for her. My brother's in Yuma. And, you know, I, some things led up where it got really bad and I decided I needed to leave my job so I could care for her. So I became her, you know, caretaker. And of course I still had bills. So when I was at the the school that I was working at and I had finished my degree, I had a much better understanding of people and understanding their perspectives and how to encourage them. And so I actually coached two women on leaving the school that I was at to pursue better opportunities. They're so much happier now, right? To really align with who they are, their skills and what their passion is. So I decided when I left the Bishop School where I was working, I needed some income while I was taking care of my mom. And I decided I was going to be a career coach. Like I was leaving there and I was like, what the heck? I hadn't looked for a job in probably 20 years. I'd always been recruited without really looking. And the job market was so different. I felt very lost. So I do what I did best. It became a project. And I created this binder with like 15 tabs of things you need to do when looking for a job and what platforms to be on. And so I studied more on that. And I launched this little career coaching side business with, you know, and as it grew and I learned more about coaching and, and the career aspect, where to look for jobs, how to use LinkedIn, here was, here was the commonality. All of my clients needed help with LinkedIn. And that's where my love of LinkedIn began. So they either did not have a platform or they did not have a profile or they had a really antiquated profile that I call, said needed to be dusted off. So then I invested in LinkedIn training. And, you know, I was doing this career coaching. And then my mom got worse. And April 30th, 2016, we lost her, which, um, you know, it was the weirdest feeling to lose my mom. Of course, I was upset, but I was also kind of relieved because she'd been so sick and she wasn't herself. She had Alzheimer's. And so she really wasn't herself. She was bedridden, couldn't talk anymore. So when I lost her, though, she was like my best friend. I just kind of shut down and I had no clients and I wasn't looking for clients and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I just remember 
talking to God saying, okay, I can go get a full-time job now. If this is what you want me to do, um, just let me know, like, give me a sign. I mean, I know that might sound silly to some of your listeners, but really that was a conversation I was having. And then I got a call, like somebody wanted a strategy session. And then I got another call. Do you want to go teach a class at ITT tech, which is debunked now. It's no longer in, 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 it's no longer a business, but those two things led me to believe that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be speaking and training people on LinkedIn and finding jobs and careers that are purposeful and meaningful. And so we rebranded and the, the name, the LinkedIn bakery, just so that you guys know that is that name honors my mom my mom, Nancy, because she was this amazing baker. And it was the one talent that I actually got from her. And so I'm a mean baker. Let me tell you, Jeff, I'll send you some brownies sometime. We call them the 10 pound brownies. They're amazing. Um, and so that's kind of the, the story of how I got to where I'm at. It's a lot of hard work. Um, and it's a lot of trial and error. You know, I just posted something about failures. Every time you fail, you're one step closer to success. I don't know if any of the listeners can relate to that, but it's all in your mindset how you look at those failures. It's an opportunity to learn more. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is from uh, Thomas Edison, who says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing at the moment, just, uh, you know, try one more time. Uh, if, you know, you try 10,000 times, try 10,001 times because you might be right at the precipice of doing something great. So, exactly. yeah, yeah. And you, uh, you've been very uh, dogged, so to speak, and, and finding your way and, you know, just listening to you speak. Um, we, we have a lot in common as far as our mindset. Um, I am not one that, you know, can, can sit on a project for, uh, you know, an indefinite amount of time. Uh, I, I need something fresh, something new to, to be able to, to go to and be able to do uh, all the time as well. So it sounds like we have that um, in common. So uh, how long or what year was it that you uh, discovered LinkedIn and really discovered that it could be the platform that you really want to dive into? So I started my business in 2014 and I want to say it was probably 2015, early 2016, where I started, it was because I started hosting uh, LinkedIn labs, two hour in-person labs where people would come, small groups of 15 people and we would work on LinkedIn. And so what happened after I was doing the career coaching and I was like, oh, they all need help with LinkedIn. About a year after that, I was like, oh, this is a great platform for businesses, for us entrepreneurs. It's free. It's like a mini website, but you can showcase so much more and you can show your history where you've worked. You know, you're not someone who just decided to launch a business. You actually have this experience. You can put your education on there and you can market yourself. So that's when I dove into just learning everything I could possibly learn about the platform. Yeah, that's one of the 
things that really stuck out to me when uh, we decided, uh, you know, to have you come on the show is I, I wanted to dig into into that LinkedIn uh, piece and, and also the social media piece because it is part of the social media it landscape. Is. It's definitely, it's a social media platform. We call it the professional social media platform. When I first started talking and training, I would refer to LinkedIn as the ugly stepchild of the social media platforms because it was clunky. It wasn't user-friendly. And people weren't excited to be over there. And that is one reason my brand is kind of fun and informative is what I like to say. The LinkedIn bakery serving up bite-sized tips so you don't get overwhelmed. I want people to be excited to get over on LinkedIn and vamp up their profile and create you know, their, their LinkedIn page. It used to be called the company page, now LinkedIn page. And just to learn how to engage and what to post and how to read their analytics. I mean, it takes a little time. So one tip I want to give your listeners from the bat, get in LinkedIn for the long game. It's not a short win. Okay. You're playing to go to the Super Bowl. You got to play all year. Okay. You're not going to go in and in 30 days be like, woohoo, success. I have had clients after working with me for three weeks, they got their first client. But in all honesty, you know, it takes time to build up that network and to be consistent, to get your name out there. And what I want to tell people is that you use LinkedIn to fill your funnel. That's really what you do. And so it does take time. One thing about social media platforms, you guys, you need to find out, discover, learn where are your ideal and potential clients. What platform are they on? So my business owners, where are they? LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. The other platform that I've been using from day one is Facebook. Now I feel like the engagement is going down on Facebook, but I need to have that business page and it, it does add credibility. And then I have a private group. So Jeff, if you're not in my private group, any of your listeners that want to learn more about LinkedIn is absolutely free. It's called the LinkedIn bakery. There are three simple questions you have to answer to be approved. And um, every Friday, my VA goes in and will approve the new members. And you can share your LinkedIn URL. You can grow your network. You can ask questions. Um, I put specials in there. You know, so it's just a great community. So we call ourselves the connectors because LinkedIn is all about connecting. Absolutely. Uh, and you mentioned uh, as part of your, your platform, part of how you strategize uh, working with people, putting things in bite-sized uh, pieces. Bite-sized tips. Yes. And I know that works great with, uh, with the whole bakery theme, but I really subscribe to that idea too uh, because there is uh, so much information out there. If you can give somebody, and I call them golden nuggets, and the, my most recent book that I put out were leadership quotes, and they were called "One Golden Nugget at a Time." So, again, oh, I love this, that. yeah, it's this is uh, another thing that we kind of have in common: the way that we like to uh, deliver our information to people in small bites. Obviously, you found some success doing that, correct? What, what kind of uh, all bites do you talk about, like? One small bite per session, two small bites per session. What? what oh, do you when do? I'm working with a client. Yes. So it really depends. You know, we're going to do a deep dive in the consultation. Figure out what are their goals, what are their obstacles. Um, look at their profile, and I really have a system that I've created 
You're not going to build a house on a shaky foundation, right? Okay, so the same for LinkedIn, you guys. You don't go out and just start connecting with everyone when you have a really bad profile. So the first thing that we do is we really look at the profile and we want to make sure it's optimized. And there's so many tricks on optimizing your profile. Even LinkedIn trainers, people that are other LinkedIn trainers and speakers, there's sometimes where I'll be like, oh, you know what? You should fix this on your profile. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't know that. Because you can do some certain things in your settings and a custom URL. And two things that I teach people right away, it'll automatically rank you higher on Google and LinkedIn. And Google and LinkedIn are like besties, right? So if something's like really hot on Google, if it's um, a search term is really hot on Google, I always tell people like, hey, search over there what's hot on Google in your industry and then use that search term over on LinkedIn for like your headline or in your post. So we really start with a profile and we break it all down. Typically, we're probably going to rewrite most of it, okay? Um, and then from that, so I break LinkedIn into three parts, your profile, your foundation, and then building a strong and strategic network. The magic number is you have to have at least 500 connections to be seen as credible on LinkedIn because before 500, everyone can see how many connections you have, 85, 189, 254, but at 500, it just says 500 plus, right? And that's the magic number. So we wanna get to 500, but after that, I, we come up with a list of who your referral partners are, who are strategic partners, who are the people that you wanna collaborate with. And then I have messaging templates to help you reach out to those. Because the last thing you want to do is hit the connect button and not send a personal note with that. Do you know why? Uh, personal connection is huge when you're, when you're connecting with people. It adds a little bit of a personal touch. Yeah. And here's some statistics because I, I know you guys probably want to be, you want to know why, right? You want some, yeah. some backup to that. So you have a 53% higher rate of engagement if you send that note. So if you don't send a note, what is that? A 47% chance. But if you send the note, you're going to have 53% chance of them accepting you into your network. So if there's someone you really, really want to connect with on LinkedIn, take the time and send a note. <laughs> send that little note of why. Would you like their profile? You have mutual connections. I'm like very honest and authentic. I'll be like, hey, Jeff, I came across your profile. I really like your headline. That is awesome. I think I want to add you to my network. Let's see how we can support each other this year. I think people get stuck in the messaging and they overthink it. Now you mentioned the uh, you know the three things that you do. You yes. are a LinkedIn strategist, a speaker, and career consultant. Does it kind of ebb and flow uh, for you as far as uh, you know what you're most busy on now, or do you have a main one? Is it the LinkedIn? strategist is kind of like your foundation and then the other things peel off from that? Yeah. So it started being a career coach. And then like I explained earlier, what I came to realize that everybody needed help with LinkedIn. So my love now is in LinkedIn, but I also love serving people, helping them design their dream career, right? What's that path? How do you how do you find what you're passionate about? Maybe you're already passionate about it, but you're at the wrong organization right? So sometimes it's not about people pivoting in their career. It's about taking what they have, repackage that and finding a better organization, one that they can thrive in. But my main platform is LinkedIn. So everything ties to LinkedIn. I am a LinkedIn strategist and coach and speaker. That is what I love to 
share about, obviously, as we're doing today. Um, and then, you know, the new thing that this last year, really at the, probably it was August, is doing the LinkedIn Live Summits. That's a new thing. And so I'm actually working on a course with someone on how to produce an online summit. And we're covering everything you need to know because after doing a few of these online summits, I realized what works, what doesn't work, where we let the ball drop, you know? And I was like, we need to share this because I want other people, I think at the core, I want everyone to be successful. There's enough business out there for everybody right? So I want to help people be more successful. Yeah. Uh, there is, uh, two things, uh, what you mentioned there. One is, is, is packaging yourself because, you know, is social media and what used to be a pool of maybe thousands of people looking for some kind of jump in their career. It's now tens of thousands, millions of people. So you do need to be able to stick out and stick out in a short period of time. You got to kind of pop from, from the page, don't you? You have to pop from the page. You have to be able to be found. So LinkedIn is an SEO worthy platform, search engine optimized. So we have to make sure the keywords are there in the in the right places. I've seen some really poor profiles done with keywords. Um, and there's different tricks and tips of how to stand out for recruiters. Make it easy for recruiters to contact you. And then, you know, I, I talk about LinkedIn being broken down into three three parts, right? It's your profile, your strong and strategic network, and then your engagement. And so we do it in that order. There's a reason for that. That's the order that works. You want to have a strong platform and then you want to have connections that are going to see your posts, right? You don't start posting when you have a crappy platform and then people go to your or crappy profile and then they go to your profile and they're like, who is this Mary chick? Uh, you know, her profile doesn't match anything that she's posting. So there is an order that we work on and then we come up and create a content uh, strategy. So for the listeners, they're like, well, Mary, I've already got a great profile, but I'm not getting any traction. Um, I would say it's January. Go back and look at your profile. Is your message still current? So I update my profile every year. So tomorrow is my day to sit and update my profile and add the media on it, like new video, new testimonials, things like that. And then if you're still not getting the traction, what are you posting? Oh, you don't really, you just post whenever? Well, that's probably one of the problems. You need to have a content strategy. So that's something that I love to work with with my clients. I... Um, I jumped on a Zoom call with somebody that we've known each other online on Saturday. And he's like, well, I really don't. And he's a social media person. He does social media, digital marketing. And we were talking about, well, LinkedIn. And he was telling me somewhere he was going. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's three posts. You can talk about how excited you are to be attending, blah, 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 blah. And you can put their logo up. Then you take a picture at the event. And it's just a small gathering. Um, you take a picture there saying it was so great to see Bob, Jerry, and Tom. We talked about A, B, and C, and then you can do like one more follow-up post on that. Hey, what are some of your favorite local events to attend? Mm -hmm. So have a content strategy and be yeah. consistent. Yeah, one of the things that we do is so every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we drop a Tuesday tip, right? Mm -hmm. So you can go back and just search that, and that'll be all over LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, so every Tuesday, we do the tip. So that is providing value. I'm not selling anything. 
I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm providing value to my network. So another tip for everyone that's listening is the, the content that you're sharing, you want to make sure it's valuable and helpful to your audience. So people are always like, well, Mary, I don't want to give away all my tips. I don't want to give all away my secrets. Then they won't hire me. Yes, they will, because they need someone to put it all together for them. You know, I, I think we're on tip number 108. Is anybody really going to go back and read 108 tips? No, but they're all right here in my head, right? So if you work with me, we're going to go through all that in record time. So yes, share your tips. Share some of your secrets. Don't tell them the how, just tell them the why and the what. Yes, absolutely. And something else, just to go back briefly, uh, is the trial and error piece. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, that's not an easy thing to do, right? You want to be you want to be right. You know, you want to be successful right out of the gate. But sometimes it, it's going to take that uh, maybe four or five times where you're doing it wrong or you just need to tighten things up someplace else in order to be able to get that message out and be successful. And it can also be maybe you're not doing it wrong, but maybe you picked the wrong industry or the wrong product to sell or whatever it is because if you've never been an entrepreneur, so I'm a little older listeners, you can't see me, but I'm a little older and I didn't grow up with entrepreneur was a thing. Entrepreneur, you know, those were the crazy people that started their business, right? My era, my generation, we grow up, we work, we get married, you know, that was, that was the structure. And so I didn't become an entrepreneur until I was say 50. <laughs> okay. Um, age is Another, all number that if, to yes. me, it doesn't really matter. I know women aren't supposed to say how old they are. I don't really care. Um, so I didn't become an entrepreneur until I was 50 and having this other mindset of being a, a worker, you have to, you have a new mindset as an entrepreneur. You don't know what you don't know. So I, a tip to everyone surround yourself with people that know more than you ask questions. Don't be afraid to launch something and, and it fail. That's okay. You tried. If you want to continue that, then you tweak it and you try it again. Or maybe, like I said, I've pivoted, you know, the career coaching and then I'm really more into LinkedIn. I still do career coaching, but LinkedIn is where my passion is. Don't be afraid to pivot. Yes. Uh, that is another thing that uh, we have in common is, you know, we started our uh, new career, I'll, I'll say, you know, around that age that you just mentioned that, uh, that 50. That 5 <laughs> Yes. Uh, interesting though, because you're right. Things change, right? The the world evolves, and I think where some people uh, in our age range uh, get stuck is having to learn all of the social media pieces. And and really, there are some people that still don't really know how to use a computer very well. So that's just an educational piece and something that can really help you out is is learning all that stuff. But you need to be able to evolve and be able to do that. And I want to interject that we cannot do everything as solopreneurs, okay? So what I did last year, and it was the best thing I've done, and I'd been thinking about it for a year, and I kept saying, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, is I've hired a virtual assistant. And so I know a lot of people, tell, I'm always like, girl, well, I'll be talking to a friend, I'll be like, girl, you are too busy, you should not be doing A, B, and C. Those are things that a VA should be doing. Oh, I know, but how do I get started? Oh, I can't afford it. I'm barely making it. Well, let me tell you what to do. You hire a VA and you start with two hours a week. That's what I did. 
right? Because you want to build up that trust. You want to see where they're going. It was two hours a week. We're up to eight hours a week now in one year. And I can't wait to give her more stuff, right? Because that is a critical component. And in order to grow my business, I had to start outsourcing. So I have a resume writer on my team. I have a VA. I have a graphics person. Um, so these are all contractors, but they're my team members. I, I can make some graphics. It's going to take me twice as long and not be as, it's not going to pop as much. Why am I going to spend my time there when I can contract that out? Yeah, uh, that's one of the big lessons I learned as well, especially when I started uh, putting a website together is, uh, you know, the the whole piece of finding somebody to be able to do it. I was not going to learn how to do that. And that's maybe a bad example, but but some other things that you need to clear off your desk and be able to do what you need to be able to do in order to grow your business. And those folks can take care of that. Uh, so all your folks are contractors, uh, and, uh, and I'm glad you brought this up because that is going to be one of the questions I was going to ask you is, so you've got a virtual assistant. Uh, are these other folks kind of virtual in nature too, or are they, are they people that are local to you that you hired? Um, well, actually, the other people are local because I've met them through – I've actually met them on LinkedIn true story. And we've become colleagues, friends, we've done business with each other. And I'm like, well, let's partner up. And so the resume writer, um, Laura, she was just on my show in December, because in December, we focused, everything was about job seekers, because that is the time that the job seekers start looking for a job because everybody puts on their New Year's resolution list, get a new job. And so I wanted to serve my community. So Laura is local. Um, We have never met in person. We've met on LinkedIn and Zoom. Mary Rose is one of the um, branding and marketing specialists. Uh, Kathy is a graphic artist that I use for when my clients need um, graphics created for LinkedIn posts and banners. Yeah, I use uh, a site called Fiverr, and I think we we touched on this uh, during show prep, mm-hmm. but... Um, you know, that is a worldwide thing where you can find people to do things. I'm in Michigan. Uh, I could have somebody in Trinidad, Tobago work on my uh, podcast editing, which is actually a true story there. Yeah, uh, exactly. I've used Fiverr too so for some intro and outro videos. My VA I hired through Upwork and she's been okay. great. One, Can I share one tip of how to hire a VA? Absolutely. Because I know it's really scary, right? You've worked so hard on on this baby that you're growing, right? You're growing this baby, your business, and you're like, how could I possibly give a piece to someone that I don't know in a different country even, right, Mm -hmm. to do some work? So my advice, this is how I hired my VA, learn from my mistake, because this is my third one. The first two, I just hired them off of what I saw on Upwork, which is the platform I use. Um, And then I listened to a coach that I had previously on how to hire the VA. You give them a task that should only take up to one hour. Okay. So you give them a specific task and you say, you want to see their work and you want to, you want to see how, if they can get it done. So the whole goal is if they get it done and it's about 85% accurate within the timeline that you think, that's probably a good fit. If they get it done and it's 50% right, that's probably not a good fit. If they can't get it done in that hour, you know that person isn't the right fit. So that is my tip. You And I had that with Sherry. She's great. I was like, I'd like you to show me your work. 
here, I need a new email template because I hired her originally to do my email um, marketing because um, I wasn't doing email marketing at all, even sending out a newsletter. So she came up with a new template and plugged some info in. And I was like, okay, that was good. Yeah, I, I've actually been a little bit more fortunate than you. Uh, the first per the person who does my intros and outros now, I, I got her first look off of Fiverr. And uh, the person who works on my website now, uh, I just happened to five on Fiverr. And she ended up being a local person. Which, oh, was, which cool. was pretty amazing. I know anybody in the world and this lady, this nice uh, young woman, she yeah. lives, you know, 40 minutes from me. So, um, you know, so she was able to come to my uh, book release party and whatnot. And she put a lot of time and effort into that as well. So, uh, fantastic. So, uh, before we move on to something a little bit lighter, um, could you give, and I, you've given us some great information, don't get me wrong, but if somebody was going to walk away from this with that one uh, nugget, so to speak, that bite-sized tip, what would it be besides getting hold of you, of course? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so first, you really should take some time, update your profile. You know, you have six seconds to capture someone's attention. So you need to have a custom background banner. You can use that as a call to action. Sign up for my course, book a call here. You need to have a great headshot. You need to invest in yourself. If you want other people to invest in you, please smile in your, in your headshot on LinkedIn. So many people don't. Um, and you need to have a killer headline. We call them hot headlines. I have a secret recipe on how to write that. And then your about section, which used to be called your summary, you need to write that in first person and it needs to speak to one person, your ideal client. So that's what I would do on your profile. And then you guys, I would come up with a content strategy. It, and I don't care if it's you're posting twice a week. That's fine. Start somewhere, but be consistent and be engaging and start commenting and sharing other people's posts. Yeah, sharing other people's posts. Don't Very just good. hit the like button. Yeah, because that there's a when you share it, that's a reflection of you. That's a, that's a reflection of something that you think is interesting. Right. So that is, uh, that's a, that's a very good, uh, bite-sized piece. Uh, See, everyone can up. do that. That's easy steps, right? Right. So you don't, you know, you have oh, content strategy. I don't know what to post. Well, just do two things. Events, you know, anytime you're going to an event, even this, Jeff, if you could do a screenshot, we can both use this. If right. you do a screenshot, then we can share this, uh, you know, recording your podcast. Every time you speak or attend an event, any conference, any, I don't care if it's a networking group with five people, that is an opportunity to post and show your network that you're investing in yourself. You're always learning. Yeah. One of the things too, before we get to the lighter side of it is uh, something that you mentioned and that's finding your target audience. And I think that's one of those trial and error things. And I know that you touched on that uh, a little bit earlier, but just to kind of reiterate to the, the folks listening is, uh, you know, it may take you a little bit uh, to, to figure out what your target is. And, and you mentioned finding your funnel too, or being able to funnel people into your business. And you'll know when it's working, right? Because all of a sudden, all those, uh, all of a sudden your funnel is going to fill up too. And it, so. and it might sound overwhelming and maybe your first year in business, 
you're still discovering who your ideal client is. But one thing that I had wished I had done, because this is my second business, second name, second website, I wish I had worked with a branding specialist at the beginning. So for my second website and name, we did that. And I'm much more, I feel more aligned with my new brand, the LinkedIn Bakery, right? The colors that, you know, it, this is your brand. You need to love it. If you don't love it, it's not the right brand for you. Let me just put that out there. If you do not love your company name and your brand and your colors, how can you get behind it? Right. Don't, so when totally I talk agree. about the LinkedIn bakery, I mean, you guys can't see my face, but I get all excited. I'm like the LinkedIn bakery serving up bite-sized tips. It honors my mom, you know? Um, so work with a branding person if you can. Yeah. And having seen, I, I didn't see your first one, but I, you know, I have seen uh, your most updated website. It is a great looking site. Thank you. And of course we'll give you a chance to tell people where to contact you here in just a little bit. So you can get, you know, get more people uh, going over to your website. So oh, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, okay. So uh, the lighter side of uh, the draws cast is uh kind of a speed round, so to speak. And I'm going to ask you five questions, uh, not uh, professionally related, at least. Well, we'll just say not professionally related. So uh, whatever pops into your mind first, and uh, we'll take it from there. So first question, where in the world have you never been that you'd like to go? Ireland and Scotland, and we're going in April. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Okay, what's your favorite food? Tacos with avocado, guacamole, cilantro. Yeah, chicken, a chicken crunchy taco. Uh, Homemade or do you have a go-to restaurant there? Um, Both. I can make them, but also we have a little place called uh, Las Las Postas or um, the taco stand. The taco Mm. stand is amazing. Uh, Now, is that a, a local a local mm-hmm. establishment? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard of it before. Uh, and of course, you have Rubio's out there. Do you ever go to Rubio's? Yeah, but that's more like... That's fast food. Yeah, that's yeah. fast food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not... If I want Mexican food, I'm not doing that. I'll go to a little taco shop. There's a gazillion around here. Um, but yeah, I would say that tacos are amazing. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got a, a plethora of uh, authentic Authentic uh, tacos and, and carne yeah. asada burritos. We mm. have the best in the world. I'm just saying. Okay, I like uh, I like the uh, seafood burritos or the or the, the taco burritos. stand has one. Mars, Mar- I, I forget the name of it, but it's the carne asada and the shrimp in it. Yes, mariscos. Mariscos. I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think when we uh, launched this today that I'd be speaking Spanish, but. Uh, <laughs> Anything's but, but, possible. That's right. All right. So since you are a San Diegan, mm-hmm. if that's how you say that, yep. uh, <clears throat> tell me something. Now, I've, I've, I've been to San Diego uh, several times, and most of our listeners haven't. So is there something about San Diego or tell me something about San Diego that most people probably wouldn't know? So there's a couple things um, about San Diego. Everybody knows about the Hotel Dell and SeaWorld, but in La Jolla, there are like these miniature houses. We always call them the Munchkin houses. And I did not know this, but they were called the Munchkin houses. They're really small. The doors are short because the actors, the, the Munchkins from the Wizard of Oz, they used to live in them. Seriously? Seriously. See, oh, I got you. Wow. Yes. 
Some of the actors from The Wizard of Oz, the munchkins actually lived and you can drive through the neighborhood and you're like, oh, there's shorter houses and the doors are shorter. Well, that munchkins actually lived in them. Wow. <laughs> that Yeah, that's cool. And that's in La Jolla, right? Yeah, so that's, that's in La Jolla. Si yeah, that is awesome. Of course, uh, uh, San Diego's a, a mil really a military town to some degree it as is. well, right? Yeah, I Big military town. Yeah. We also were the home for uh, Dr. Seuss, you know, Ted Geisel, you yeah. know, we, we call him Dr. Seuss here. You know, he lived in La Jolla. Um, we have the wooden roller coaster, Belmont Park, one of the oldest ones. And the Hotel Dell is amazing. Besides, um, you know, Marilyn Monroe stayed there and there's been films that have been um, uh, filmed there, but it's one of the um, country's largest wooden structures. And we have the first, uh, what do I want to call it? electric Christmas tree lit there in Coronado, like in 19, 1904. So wow. a lot of history here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that some people, uh, a lot of people don't realize that about San Diego. Cause when we think about at least here in the East, when we think about out West, we think about, uh, you know, the Cowboys going out there and settling the land and things like that. But especially along the uh, left coast, the West coast there, there's, there's a lot of history, There's a lot, a lot of, history. of history. Yeah. So you mentioned that you like to cook. I do. Yeah. So what's your go-to uh, meal that you cook? Um, so I have a couple, I, I, I make this stuffed sweet potato. So you take, um, we use turkey or you can use chicken and you use uh, a barbecue sauce. So you make a, the meat with a barbecue sauce and you do stuffed sweet potatoes. You take the meat with a barbecue sauce, corn and black bean, mix it all up, put it in the stuffed potato and then put blue cheese crumbles on it. It's a nice healthy meal. So that's like a go-to meal in our house. I actually cooked sweet potatoes last night to prep for tonight. Um, but my real love is baking. Yeah. I love to bake. So I made pumpkin muffins on Sunday. I make the world's best homemade chocolate fudge and peanut butter fudge. Um, I make almond roca, anything like sweet, like at Christmas time, I, I should open up a, a baking shop. Because I just love to bake Christmas cookies and lemon loaves and fudge and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And that's part of your branding, too. It is. So, yeah. I can, so see, you guys, I can own my brand, right? Yes. I am my brand. When you're a solopreneur, you are your brand. Awesome. Okay. Uh, last thing, and this is interesting since we're uh, roughly in the same age group. Um the world has changed quite a bit since we were younger. Yes. What thing uh, has surprised you the most or has blown your mind thinking going back to the way technology was as a youth to the way that it is now? What, is, what has been that mind-blowing thing that maybe has popped up? Well, probably one thing is what we're doing right now. We're having a conversation, I want to say kind of face-to-face. -face. We can see each other. I can pick up my phone and I can FaceTime my dad or my niece. Like That is mind-blowing to me. But what's more mind-blowing and makes me laugh is that my four-year-old niece can pick up the phone and FaceTime someone. She, I mean, my nieces are growing up with this technology, right? They, can, they know when she was uh, a year and a half, she knew to swipe left or right. That to me, that right there blows my mind that this next generation, they're being raised with a tablet in their hand, per se. 
But yeah. just the just the fact that we can do these kind of calls to me is great. Um, yeah, and each generation has a little bit of uniqueness to it, and uh, the internet really started. Uh, in full with the millennials, and they really didn't know life without the internet. And now the they're called Generation Z uh, that are just coming into the workplace now. They don't know anything besides Wi-Fi. Right. You know, they really don't. So the world is connected to them that for us, uh, it wasn't like that. I, no, my, we had answering machines. Right. Yes. And, yes. and before that, we didn't have, you know, like caller ID was a big deal when we got that. And having an answering machine that you could actually call in from work and see if you got any important messages. Um, you know, and I remember my first cell phone, you know, what was it? It was like a brick. Yes. And it was super expensive. I mean, just that we're so mobile and that we've moved into this decade of remote working, contract working, freelancing. You know, the new norm is to not work nine to five. Besides banks and schools, those are going to be, although schools have more flexibility when you get to the universities and stuff, online, right? You can get a college degree online. Yeah. It started with University of Phoenix, but... The academic community, uh, you know, is is full of online courses now. So really, you don't even need to go to campus. You never and, need uh, to step foot on campus to get your degree. Yeah. Um, so I think just so much has changed. And, and I think the other thing is that it changes so fast. When we were growing up, it took forever, right? Like, well, we got one new thing. And then five years later, there might be something new. Every day, there's so I feel like every day there's a new program, there's a new app, there's a new way to do video, there's a new way to do conferencing. Um, there's just so much happening, and it's happening all the time. Yeah, speed of uh, speed of change is probably uh, I I agree with you that that's one of the big things that really uh, you know kind of takes me is just when you get settled into something, it's changing again. Yep. And, uh, and you find that even in the social media field, you know, you mentioned, uh, Facebook and, and that used to be everything to everybody. And now, and I can speak from experience with my kids being the age that they are, that Facebook is kind of like, you know, where the old people go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Instagram is the millennials, you know, Facebook is more our generation. And then there's like the new things are TikTok. I don't know if TikTok will last. I'm not jumping on it. Again, you guys, that pro tip is know what platform that your clients are on and get really good on one to two platforms. Rookie mistake, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I thought I had to be on every platform and it was sucking up all my time at the very beginning. Yeah, we have that. That is absolutely true. I can speak to that. I tried them all, try to do them all at once. And you got to find two. Yeah, totally agree. And LinkedIn is is the place to be right now. And so if uh, our folks uh, out there listening want to get a hold of you, please, uh, this is your time to sell yourself, Mary. Go right ahead. <laughs> Well, I would first love for you guys to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look up Mary Fane Brandt, and I'm sure we can put a link or something in the show notes. Um, Do send me a note. 
saying, hey, I heard you on Jeff's podcast because I'd like to know how you found out about me. If you're looking for help with LinkedIn and you just, maybe you just want a strategy session. You just want to know what this is all about. You know, um, I have that on my website. Again, maryfanebrandt.com. So basically, if you just Google my name, Mary Fane Brandt, I should come up on every platform that I'm on. You can email me at hello at maryfanebrandt.com. And I would love to come up with a strategy for you to kick butt on LinkedIn in 2020 because it is going, they, all the studies that I've been reading, all these reports, um, Instagram and LinkedIn are like two of the top platforms for 2020. So if you're not there, let's get you there. If you're there, but you're not doing so good, you know what? Let's change that. Let this be the year where you dominate on LinkedIn and you build your brand, your credibility, your visibility, and your client base. Yes. And uh, for those of you who are just listening, when we say Mary Fane Brandt, that's M-A-R-Y-F-A-I-N-B-R-A-N-D-T. Thank you, Jeff. Yes, dot com. <laughs> well, this is this has been great. Um, I have enjoyed our time together, and it's amazing how fast time goes when you're just kind of having a conversation about what what is uh, of interest to us. We could probably talk for hours. I mean, to go over everything on LinkedIn, it's like really a whole day or more. But I can't believe it's been an hour. I just looked at my watch. I've had so much fun, Jeff. I really hope that your viewers got a couple golden nuggets or bite-sized tips from yes. this episode. And I do hope that you'll all connect with me because I am here to serve you guys and, and really to help you stand out in the crowd or the sea of sameness on social media. Yes. And uh, it is uh, a worldwide place now. LinkedIn's a worldwide uh, site. Mary's in San Diego. I'm in Michigan. And uh, it doesn't matter. So if you're thinking that uh, distance matters, it, it doesn't matter. I connected with Mary on LinkedIn and here we are a few weeks later. And this uh, is how I do my client calls. You know, all my work is done virtually. I don't meet with people face to face. We use Zoom. So I can see your face and we can look at profiles together and exercises. So it's all done virtually, you guys. And it works quite well. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Uh, I have enjoyed this. And uh, for those of you out there, of course, don't forget about my website, uh, drawstalks.com, D-R-O-Z-T-A-L-K-S, drawstalks.com. Uh, Jeff at drawstalks.com is my email address. And uh, I've got the new book out, Leadership One Golden Nugget at a Time. And uh, always uh, use that email address uh, or my phone number, which is on the website, to contact me about uh, speaking at an event. So with that, have a great, great day, Mary, and all of you Thank listening you. out there. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for being part of the Drawscast. Check out Jeff's website, drawstalks.com, to find out more about booking Jeff for your next event. Also at drawstalks.com, you can purchase Jeff's book, Inspired. How our differences are changing the workplace or inquire about Jeff's training programs and personal or executive coaching. All of Jeff's video blogs can be seen on his YouTube channel, Jeff Drozowski. Thank you and bye for now.